welcome to all of you tonight. And if you're a guest with us tonight, we are thrilled to have you in service with us this evening. Thank you for being here. If you're watching online, we welcome you as a part of this service. For those of you that weren't here this morning, we we had a first, and I don't think it'll be a last, but uh, we presented baptismal and Holy Ghost certificates to some folks that had received the Holy Ghost here and then moved away. And uh, they were watching, and so we acknowledge them this morning, and uh, we're excited about that. I'd I don't think I, I meant to say this this morning. There's probably a few of you didn't know we gave baptismal and Holy Ghost certificates. Uh, so we're, we're working on that. We're going to get caught up here. But uh, that, was, that was very exciting. And I also want to mention, unless something has changed since this afternoon with Brother Bill, um, last night, uh, Sister Liz, who is here this evening, basically was called in. They didn't think Brother Bill was going to make it through the night. My wife, I think Sister Lacey, went to the hospital last night, spent some time with her, but I am here to report he made it through the night. And from what I understand, even some positive, not just that he made it, but positive reports. So we know that God is able Amen. Praise God. So we're going to keep believing and trusting for God's hand to work and move on behalf of Brother Bill Eckerd. Praise God. Would you stand and turn to Matthew 24? There are um, there have been some times, it's not necessarily an often occurrence, but, uh, oh, one more thing. I want to welcome another family member. Sister Sarah Strite has relocated to Annapolis. We are happy to have her. Amen. There have been a few times uh, in my ministry where I felt like I had a direction, and it it seemed sort of bigger than what I was grasping or understood. Sometimes you just preach it and things unfold, and that's the hope. And I feel like tonight is kind of that. I don't really know if I have a full grasp on the significance or importance of this but I do feel like the Lord has directed me to this, and we will see where it goes. So Matthew 24 and verse number 11. Matthew 24 and 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. In case you're not aware of it, there's really nothing going on in the world today that we should be surprised by. Because the Word of God tells us a lot of things very plainly. There are some other things that it may not spell out quite as plainly, but the bottom line is there's really nothing going on today in our world 
that you can't find the Bible foretold it. Which means God is in control. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14 is where I want to draw your attention to. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Needless to say, there's a, that's a great promise in there with regards to what we can expect and believe for in the end times. But in particular, I want to I draw your attention to the, to the phrase, the gospel of the kingdom. Young's literal translation says it this way, verse 14, And this good news of the reign, R-E-I-G-N, this good news of the reign shall be proclaimed in all the world for a testimony to all the nations, and then shall the end arrive. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. Thank you for your spirit that has worked and moved already in this service tonight. And now, God, I pray again that through your word, your spirit would minister in this place tonight. Give us ears to hear. Let there be a spirit of revelation and understanding that would rest upon us tonight, that we would hear what you would have to say. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I trust you tonight. I depend on you. I can do nothing without you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let me just say this at the beginning, and we'll probably come back to it a little bit more, I think, as we go along here. But the church and the kingdom are not synonymous. The church and the kingdom are not synonymous. I think we have a tendency, at least subconsciously, to think of them as the same thing. The kingdom and the church are the same thing. They are not the same things. And Jesus says that the gospel of the kingdom was going to be preached in all nations. The gospel of the kingdom. If we go to John chapter 3, very familiar passage for many of us, very important passage when it comes to the new birth experience. And many of you can quote these verses by heart, but I'm going to read them. John 3 and verse number 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, He cannot see the... 
kingdom of God. He didn't say except a man be born again, he can't get in the church. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I know we would say, if somebody asked you what, were to ask you, what do you got to do to become an apostolic? What do you got to do to become a part of this church? Well, you got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what you got to do to become a part of the church. I, I, I'm sure in, in one context, that's what you got to do to become a part of the church. But Jesus wasn't telling Nicodemus what to do to become a part of the church. He was telling Nicodemus what to do to become a part of the kingdom. Jesus didn't say that the gospel of the church would be preached in all nations. He said the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. In the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find the word church three times. One of those times many of us can quote, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John three times. The other two places are in the same verse. But in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find the phrase kingdom of God 54 times. And you will find the phrase kingdom of heaven, which in essence, can be kind of interchangeable, you will find that 32 times. So three times the church is mentioned, 86 times the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is mentioned. Easton's Bible Dictionary says this about the church, and I remind you, I, I kind of feel like two Sunday nights ago with the speed here this evening. The church is not a building. It's not a building. I know we know that, but I'm just reminding you, the church is not a building. The church is the people. The church are, is the called out ones. That's why we can meet in a facility that we consider a church building. Or we can meet in a recreational hall. We can meet in a hotel room. We can meet outside under the trees. Because the church is not the facility. The church is the people. Listen to what Easton's Bible Dictionary says about the church. The church visible consists of all those throughout the world that profess the true religion. Together with their children. It is called visible because its members are known and its assemblies are public. Here, there is a mixture of wheat and chaff, saints and sinners. And don't ever forget it. In the church, there is a mixture of wheat and chaff, saints and sinners, sheep and goats. That's why you better be careful who you get your eyes settled on. 
Because you might be looking at a goat, and a goat will give you an excuse to live however you want to live. If you want an excuse, God, not the devil, God will provide you an excuse. Well, I feel a little something coming on I wasn't expecting. If you want to live carnal, God will provide you carnal saints to be your example. Not, not forget the world. God will provide you carnal saints to be your example to live however you want to live. You better be careful if you're looking at a sheep or a goat. Because a goat's not going to end up where you want to end up. I, I, I am sick and tired of us measuring our spirituality by each other. You want to determine your spirituality, there is one measurement. Here's the measurement. It's not what the world is doing or not doing. It's not what your peers are doing or are not doing. This book is the measurement. Oh boy. Uh, I'm feeling some stuff I wasn't anticipating. You single folks want to get involved in fornication? God will provide you some excuses. Oh, Lord. Because the church has saints and sinners, wheat and chaff. God has commanded His people to organize themselves into distinct, visible, ecclesiastical communities with constitutions, laws, and offices, badges, ordinances, and discipline for the great purpose of giving visibility to His kingdom. The church is supposed to be a visible representation of the kingdom, but the church is not the kingdom. Because you can be a part of the church and not be in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. The great purpose of it is for the great purpose of giving visibility to his kingdom, of making known the gospel of that kingdom, and of gathering in all its elect subjects. Each one of these distinct organized communities, which is faithful to the great king, is an integral part of the visible church, and all together constitute the universal visible church. There is an important place. For the church. The church is very important. The church is very significant. Don't misunderstand me this evening. I'm not minimizing the importance of the church. But Jesus did not come to preach the gospel of the church. He came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is bigger than the church. I don't know if this is the best way of saying this or not, but it's the best way I've come up with so far. It's kind of like Annapolis versus Maryland. Annapolis is a part of Maryland, but Annapolis is not Maryland. Annapolis 
is a place in Maryland, but Maryland is bigger than Annapolis. The church should be a part of the kingdom, but the kingdom is bigger than the church. Listen to this, Acts chapter 1. The former treatise have I made, verse 1, the former treatise have I made with thee, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus' final moments on this earth was not making sure everything in, was in order for the church. His final words was not to the disciples, now I need you to go make sure my church gets built. His final instructions were that you, the Jesus' th- final things of speaking of were things that pertained to the kingdom of God. Because if the gospel of the kingdom gets preached and the kingdom gets established, the church is going to grow. If the kingdom gets established, the church is going to be healthy. The problem is we got a lot of people trying to build the church and not build the kingdom. We got people that want to build the church, but they don't want to be in the kingdom. Because one of the fundamental things about a kingdom is you have to have a king. You can be in the church and just have a pastor. Oh boy, I'm... I'm a little bit tired. We got home at 3 a.m. Vacation was good. We had a great time. I'm trying to decipher between my physical fatigue and my spiritual agitation. So here we go. There's some folks sitting in this place tonight. You hear me right now. You do not have a pastor. You're my pastor, brother, right? No, 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 that's the the title I hold. But there's some folks sitting here tonight that you don't have a pastor because I'm not your pastor because you sit around and want to argue and debate everything I say. And you pick and choose what you want to believe and what you want to follow and what's just past, that's just Pastor Wright. Well, you know, Pastor Wright, He's a little old-fashioned. Yeah, I am. Go listen to the message if you forgot it. So you can be a part of the church and have a pastor or not have a pastor. But you can't be in the kingdom and not have a king. And there's a big difference between a pastor and a king. And hear me carefully, I'm not the king. I don't want to be the king. But you need to have a king. And the king has the final say. The king is the one who is supposed to rule in your life. You want, 
You want to know why some of you are having so much trouble in your life right now? Because you come to church, but you're not in the kingdom. Because you don't let the king rule. Because the king rules in every area of your life. You don't have the final say. The king does. In Acts 8 and 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Philip wasn't preaching get in the church and they got baptized. Philip was preaching the kingdom because to get in the kingdom, you've got to be born again. To see the kingdom, you've got to be born again. And if you're going to get in the kingdom, by default, you should get in the church. I know I'm messing with some theology here tonight. And to be honest with you, there's some things that are coming out of my mouth that as they're coming out, I'm going, oh, you, better hope you're, you better hope you're right. That's okay. If I'm not, somebody will help me get straightened out. And I'm more than happy to come back next week and tell you where I messed up. They preached the kingdom. And when they preached the kingdom, God added to the church daily. Could it be that part of the reason the church is not growing numerically is because we're trying so hard to build the church? You and I were never instructed to build the church. He didn't say, upon this rock, you will build my church. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If we could get the kingdom established in our lives individually, and then collectively, the response that we see in the book of Acts is the church grows. Not only does it grow, but then it reached the point where it multiplied. Not only was it added to, then it was multiplied. Last, the last two verses, the last two verses of the book of Acts. Acts 28 and verse 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. Preaching for two years, Paul spent preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Preaching the kingdom. Preaching the kingdom. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom. Not preaching the message of salvation to get people in the church. Preaching the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. The word gospel basically means the good news. What's the good news of the kingdom? Part of, I'm not saying this is the main or only explanation, but part of the good news of the kingdom is, I can be in this world, but not of this world. I can be living the same in the same world that the sinner is living in, but I'm not living under the same authority. And because of that, I'm not subject to the same things. And there's things the enemy can do to them that he's not allowed to do to me because I'm in a different kingdom. But if you want to 
live with the benefits of the kingdom, you've got to be submitted to the king. We want the blessings of the kingdom without the submission to the king. I don't, brother, I don't know, but I thought the church, I thought the church, I thought, well, the church is important. But read in Revelation, I believe it's beginning the end of chapter 2, as the Lord begins to talk to the seven churches. And with almost every one of those seven churches, God called them churches. But with all, almost all of them, there was something very specific of a rebuke to them, or a correction, or an admonition. Some of them, it was basically, you're doing this really great, but I got a problem with this. You're doing awesome here, but I got an issue there. You see, it's a lot easier just to be a part of the church. Because you can run your own life and still be a part of the church. You can be in ministry. And be in the church. But not be in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. I'd have thought by 30 plus years of preaching, I wouldn't care what your response was or was not, but... This world doesn't need the church to grow. That's the byproduct. This world needs the kingdom. This world needs the kingdom. Because all the chaos and confusion that's going on in our world can be solved by the king if the kingdom gets expanded. You let the king sit on the throne and rule and reign as he knows how to, and there's a whole lot of issues and problems that are going to get worked out. word kingdom in the Greek, according to Thayer's, is royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. It's a kingdom. It's the territory subject to the rule of a king. It's in, ref- in the New Testament. It's in reference to the reign of the Messiah, following phrases such as the kingdom over which God rules. According to Strong's Concordance, the word kingdom means royalty, rule, a realm. According to the Bible Hub Dictionary, the word realm is a royal jurisdiction or domain. A region which is under the dominion of a king. A region which is under the dominion of a king. God is co-kings with no one. When it comes to being God, He said, Beside me, there is no other God. And when it comes to the kingship in your life, beside Him, there is no other king. Now that does not mean that He forces His way onto the throne of your life. That just means he's not going to sit there and try to occupy it with you. 
If you want to be the king of your life, He's going to let you be the king of your life. But then that's going to determine what kind of kingdom you have. And I don't know about you, but I don't have what it takes to run a successful kingdom. I'd like to be in charge sometimes, but... Is, is your life a realm under the jurisdiction of the king? Not part of your life. See, I, again, that's the problem with us equating the kingdom and the church. Because we can show up three times a week, be involved in ministry, do other church-related activities give a significant portion of our lives to the church, but still be in charge of our lives. Still be sitting on the throne. But to be a part of the kingdom, the kingdom, you've got to give complete authority to the king. Not the gospel of church. I love church. I I love coming to church. It saddens me that it seems like less and less people feel that way as time goes on. The more time goes on, the more crazy this world gets, the more I love getting together with the people of God. That's the only sane thing I know. Everything else is sinking sand. And it's sinking faster than it's ever sunk before. I'm thankful for the church. I am thankful for the church. I'm thankful for what the church has been to me personally in my life. And I don't want just the church in my life. I want the kingdom. I want the kingdom of God to rule and reign in my life. Brother Sister Hemus, we gave last year, I think it was, or it may have been before COVID. I don't, I have trouble keeping that track of everything the last couple of years. We gave as well as many others to help them in their vision to begin to do something in London. And they now have, for several months, I think it is now, they, they have an apartment or a flat in London. And basically every week they go from Liverpool down to London for several days. and They're teaching Bible studies and God's doing some great things in, in London through them. But where their flat is, right across the street, is a row of embassies. And you know what? When you got a democracy, you can have embassies. Because an embassy is not under the authority and jurisdiction of the nation that it's in. An embassy is considered sovereign territory. 
In fact, I heard someone say recently, I haven't had a chance to verify this, but it sounds logical, so I'm assuming it's correct. If you attack an embassy, that is considered an act of war. doesn't matter if it's in your territory. does not matter. It is an act of war. But here's the, here's the issue. The purpose, part of the purpose of having an embassy is that, that that means someone comes from their home country, they're living in a foreign country, and they're conducting business on behalf of their country with the country they're residing in. They're, they're responsible for helping with the relations between those two countries. So you can have enemies. Nations that are your enemies with an embassy in your country. And you have no authority over that embassy. I got a question. How many of you here tonight have given the enemy permission? To set up an embassy in your life. God's not the president of your life. He's the king. And he has no interest in giving any space. Any space. I mean, you look at the size of an embassy compared to the nation, it's, it's very small in comparison. Go look at the embassies in Washington, D.C. Most of them don't even take up a block. But God's not interested in the enemy having any embassies in your life. But you know what? I'm afraid there's a few of you tonight, you've given him some embassies. You've given him some areas of your life that he's got control of. And you can live that way and still come to church. But you can't have the kingdom. If you're going to have the kingdom, there's one king, there's one government, there's no room for any others, including you. I'm, I'm going to read this to you for a moment. I've got, I found this in some notes, and I don't remember the exact source. I apologize. I know it wasn't Wikipedia. The British monarchy says this of the, and I'll be very careful because we have some, we have some British folks here this evening. We don't want to offend anyone. The monarchy of the United Kingdom, commonly referred to as the British monarchy, is the constitutional monarchy of the United Kingdom and its overseas territories. The monarch's title is king if it's a male or queen if it's a female. The current monarch, Queen Elizabeth II, ascended the throne on the death of her father, King George VI, on the 6th of February 1952. The British monarchy traces its origins from the from the petty kingdoms of early medieval Scotland and Anglo-Saxon England, which consolidated, it in, which consolidated into the kingdoms of England and Scotland by the 10th century A.D. 
Her Majesty's government, commonly referred to as the British government, is the central government of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The government is led by the Prime Minister. What? But, but there's a Queen. The government is led by the Prime Minister who selects all the remaining ministers. The Prime Minister and the other most senior ministers belong to the Supreme Decision-Making Committee known as the Cabinet. The British monarch, currently Queen Elizabeth II, is the head of state and the sovereign, but not the head of government. Hmm. The Queen takes little direct part in governing the country and remains neutral in political affairs. However, the legal authority of the state that is vested in the sovereign and known as the crown remains the source of the executive power used by the government. In addition to explicit statutory authority in many areas, the crown also possesses a body of powers known as the royal prerogative, which can be used for a vast number of purposes from the issue or withdrawal of passports to declaring war. By long-standing custom, most of these powers are delegated from the sovereign to various ministers or other officers of the crown who may use them without having to obtain the consent of parliament. The head of the government, the prime minister, also has weekly meetings with the monarch where she has a right and a duty to express her views on government matters. These meetings, as with, as with all communication between the queen and her government, remain strictly confidential. Having expressed her views, the queen abides by the advice of her ministers. Can I tell you tonight, the kingdom spoken of in this Bible is not like the British monarchy. You are not the prime minister. And you and the king working it all out together. That's not the way this kingdom works. This kingdom works. He's not just a figurehead. He's not just a symbol. But in this kingdom, where the gospel of the kingdom is, this king is the king. He is the king who expects to rule and reign in every area of your life. He's not interested in your opinions. He doesn't care about what you think. He is the king. Now the good news is, he's a king like no other king. Because throughout history there have been some tyrants for kings. But this king is not like those kings. Because this king robed himself in flesh and became one of us to be able to save us. So this king is a king who can be trusted. This king is a king who can be relied on. This king is a king that you can know is going to do what's best for you. Nevertheless, he's the king. The gospel of the kingdom. I, I, I told you before I started, and I'm not really feeling much better about it right now. I'm not here tonight just trying to preach to you semantics. And I don't know that I'm adequately communicating the topic. Folks, somehow we gotta, we got to get a hold of the fact we're not just here to be a part of a church. 
We haven't been just saved to be a part of a church, the visible church. We have been born again to be a part of the kingdom, to experience the benefits of the kingdom, but also to expand the kingdom. The problem is you can't expand the kingdom if you're not submitted to the king. I wonder sometimes, I'm not trying to be negative or hard here tonight, I really am not, but I, I wonder sometimes how much church work we involve ourselves in to justify other areas of our life. I teach Sunday school, so, you know, if I watch things I shouldn't watch, I teach Sunday school. I'm on the worship team, so if I have communication and talk about things I shouldn't be talking about, I'm on the worship team. Your church activity, your ministry activity is no justification for the areas of your life in which you are ruling and reigning. One does not make up for the other. I'm afraid we're getting too used to living on a scale, Brother Mott. We're living on a scale of comparison between the world and between others. And as long as I'm a little bit holier than them, As long as I, you know, as long as I don't do everything they do. Show me that in the Word of God. Show me that in the Word of God. I'm sorry, I I still, for the life of me, I never did figure out why I brought up ways a couple weeks ago. Still don't know why. But you know, (laughs) we... We, we drove to Florida, drove back, told about that this morning, won't tell about it again tonight. And, and, and you know, there is a posted speed limit. The bottom line is this, most places, if you drive the speed limit, you're going to get run over. So if you're, if you're all holier than the rest of us and you obey that black and white numbers... Those black numbers on that white sign. Just, just at least do me one favor. Please. If you're going to do that, okay. But the left lane is called the passing lane. It's not the sitting lane. And I don't care if you're doing 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. If I want to go faster than you, you're in my way because I'm in the passing lane. But, but the deal is, you, you, there's different penalties for the speed at which you go over the speed limit. And here where we reside in Maryland, you can get a ticket going a certain amount over the speed limit and you just get a fine and no big deal. But if you want to press the limit and go faster you risk a bigger fine. Thank God I am about five years without a ticket. Not because I don't deserve them. 
I don't know. I, I want to say the grace of God, but I don't know. I'm not quite sure the grace of God keeps you from getting tickets when you deserve them. I still find myself, Brother Barr, flying down the interstate going, God, please don't let there be any cops. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a prayer that he has any interest in. Sure, son, I'm going to bless you to break the law. But you know, it's kind of a risk. You, you decide the risk. The last ticket I did get, I had to go to a class. I was only a couple points away from my license getting suspended. And I really wasn't even that. I mean, there are times I purposely go. I wasn't even trying to go fast that time. In fact, I was just, I was in a really bad place. In fact, I was in one of the worst seasons I'd ever been through. We were driving out to Matthew Hemus's wedding. I was coming down just outside of Hagerstown. I was coming down the hill, and I didn't realize it, and I was going fast. I'm not going to tell you how. I was going faster than I had any clue. And I got to the bottom of the hill, and there he was. And Angie and the kids were all in the back watching a movie, and, and the wonderful wife that she is, the godly woman she is, she says from the back seat, take the exit, take the exit. <laughs> kind of sounds like Job's wife, you know. <laughs> Me and my stubbornness wouldn't take the exit. Didn't deserve the exit. Sure enough, here he came. I was already in a bad place. And it got much more badder. And my wife and kids are in the back seat laughing their heads off at me. And that's when I got really close to getting my license suspended. You, you can, you know, you do the crime, do the time. But, but it's, the penalty varies according to what you do. But folks, when it comes to eternity, there ain't going to be no, well, you get 30 years, and then we're going to let you into heaven. Sin is sin. I know there's no sin in 2021, but I'm just telling you. We have diseases. We have sickness. We don't have sin anymore. But according to this book, sin is still sin and will always be sin. And sin, no matter what the sin is, if not properly dealt with, will send you to an eternity of punishment. There's no big sins, little sins. I know there are some consequences that may vary natural consequences. But spiritual consequences, sin is sin. And the king, not culture... Not society, 
The king determines sin. The world has changed, but the word remains the same. The world has compromised, but the word is uncompromising. Because the king is the same today as he's always been. The kingdom. It's good. It's great. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of the church. There's something bigger than the church. It's the kingdom. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Because when the kingdom is established... It's not just established in one small part of your life. The kingdom is about all of your life. They preached. Read the book of Acts. I've already referenced it, but read through the book of Acts and see what happened to the church throughout the book of Acts. It exploded. It went from 120 in the upper room to 3,000 later that day, to thousands more in just a short amount of time. How'd they get there? The kingdom. The kingdom. I can't tell somebody else about the kingdom if I'm not living in the kingdom. I can tell somebody else about church I can tell them all about church. Because you can be one way at church and another way outside of church and still be a part of church. When it comes to the kingdom, there's no locations. Well, I'm a part of the kingdom here, but over here I'm... No, the kingdom... Is over every aspect of your life. Would you just stand, please. Just right where you are. I don't. I don't think I'll do more than this. Would you just take a moment between you and Jesus right now? Are you? Are you in the church? Are you just trying to be in the church? Do you want the kingdom? You're just trying to have church as a part of your life. You're just trying to have the church as a part of what you do. Or do you want your life to be lost in the kingdom? I don't want the church to be a part of my life. I want my life to be a part of the kingdom. If my life is a part of the kingdom, church is going to be a part of my life. But I don't want church to be my focal point. I want the kingdom. I want what is offered in the kingdom. I want the benefits and the blessings, the privileges of the kingdom. I I want to live the life that is the life that I can expect to have as a part of the kingdom. Father, help us tonight. Lord, in a world that's full of religion, in a world that's full of church and churches, In a world that's full of people that do religious activities, God, don't let us be a people 
that are just trying to be a part of the church. Preaching the gospel of the church. By your grace, God, help us to preach. To live the gospel of the kingdom. Father, I pray tonight if there's any area of my life in which you are not fully reigning and fully in charge, that I would fully surrender to you as the king. I want your kingdom in my life. I want your kingdom to be established in my life. Don't forget that when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. The very beginning of that prayer is, Thy kingdom come. Not your church come, your kingdom come. If the kingdom's going to come, the king's got to come. If the kingdom's going to come, I've got to surrender to the king. Thy kingdom come. Lord, we want to be the church. We want to be a part of the church. We, we want to experience everything the church is supposed to be. We want to do everything the church is supposed to do, but don't let us get focused in on just being the church when we're supposed to be a part of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, if we've got any areas of our lives in which we've let the enemy set up an embassy, where we've given place to the enemy, where we've given over territory, I pray that you would show us, reveal it to us, and by your grace that we would do what we need to do to remove everything from our lives that's an enemy of you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikarabashando roboko satanaba. Ilamando roboko sheye. God, let the gospel of the kingdom be preached throughout this area. Let the gospel of the kingdom be declared throughout this region, God. Not a church, not church membership, but the kingdom. Let the kingdom be established. Let your kingdom be established throughout this county, throughout this region. Your kingdom, Lord. Your kingdom. Your kingdom in our lives. Your kingdom, God. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Let your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikarabashando roboko satalaba. Ikararamando roboshe alarabahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name, let your kingdom be established in our neighborhoods. Let your kingdom be established in our communities. Let your kingdom be established in our schools, in our colleges, our universities. Let your 
kingdom be established in our workplace, God. Let your kingdom be established in our homes, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, your kingdom. Your kingdom, God. Not our kingdom, not the kingdom of this world, but your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for being this here this evening. Take a few moments, greet somebody, fellowship with one another a little bit, in Jesus' name.